0: Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan alongside the young boy Josh Smith Thank you again for downloading our show for another week We got a lot of great feedback on last week's Fantasticamania show And Josh, since the last time we've recorded, there's been two more Fantastica Mania shows. There has been two new beginning shows, title changes, and a lot of hot angles going on. Uh, If we were to try to cover all that this week, we'd probably have a four-hour episode. That sounds good to me, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're we're not gonna do that. To they did you that guys. on
1: Sunday in WWE. <laughs> no,
0: that was longer than that. So yeah. It work out pretty good for those guys. Yeah, but we're not we're not gonna do that to you guys. Um, what we're gonna do, we're gonna cover the new beginning shows next week. Uh, this week, we're gonna focus on the last two nights of Fantastica Mania. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there that don't care for Fantastica Mania. And are not giving giving you guys the coverage you want, but here at Keeping a Strong Style, we like Fantastica Mania, and we're gonna give you the Fantastica Mania uh, coverage. Like I mentioned, we got a lot of great feedback on last week's Fantastica Mania show. Those were
1: really well received shows, and also we got a lot of downloads. I was kind of surprised.
0: I, I was surprised too. I didn't know, you know, a lot of people. I don't know if they watch Fantastica Mania, but uh, we got a lot of downloads And I saw a lot of people on the New Japan Reddit were um, They were excited about Fantastica Mania And were looking for more coverage of it
1: Yeah, so I mean it's kind of cool to uh, Be able to kind of bridge the gap Between New Beginning and <clears throat> Excuse me guys I'm Normally I'm the young boy But I'm a sick boy right now <laughs> um, Kind of this sickness been trying to overtake me I keep trying to kick out though But yeah, to kind of bridge the gap between, uh, you know, Tokyo Dome all the way to New Beginning. And, you know, these shows were very, very
0: good. So they kind of do deserve the coverage, you know, that we can give them. Right, and so next week we will cover uh, the two new beginning and Sapporo shows. We will also next week name the January wrestler of the month and January match of the month.
1: Oh yeah, and actually, I'm excited to see if there's something you know on these next two shows. I've been hearing some rumblings about a, uh, one of the main events it's supposed to be really
0: good. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Alright Josh, well let's start off uh, Fantastica Mania From January 21st Let's let's do that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Opening Match we had uh, the team Of Puma and Disturbio Taking on the team Of Drone and Star Junior You know Good little opening tag match Here um, Disturbio was getting a lot of heat during this match for uh, he was biting um, Star Jr. and Drone a lot through the match. Um, there was a awesome top rope uh, powerbomb spot uh, from Puma onto Star Jr. Um, Star Jr. did an awesome Asai moonsault at uh, one point in the match. What do you think about this match, Josh?
1: Uh, that was, you said it was Puma and Serbio against... Uh, Drone and Star Jr. Yes, I mean, that was a good opener, um, you know, from what I understand, you know, these guys essentially are somewhat of, like, mid-card to, like, opener-type guys, and they don't get to be featured as often, like, in, in you know, big shows like the, the Arena Mexico shows and all that, so I felt like everybody here
0: worked really hard, um... How did, what was the finish of that? Match? So, the finish was uh, Puma uh, caught drone in a cradle and pinned him. And was something we mentioned on last week's show and these CMLL matches that a lot of times they could end with a quick uh, roll up or cradle. It's not always a big finish. And that's what happened here Puma caught drone with a cradle and picked up the win here.
1: Yeah, one of the only things with these shows is, you know, three of them back-to-back. It, it's almost, they do so much stuff, which I'm not knocking that at all, but it, it almost makes it hard to remember anything as being too memorable. Right. But I do remember, you know, I thought this match was good. Um, out of these guys, I do remember thinking that uh, I like uh, Star Junior a lot. I think Yes Like Star Jr He he comes off as being Really 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 charismatic And he can That guy can really move in the ring He does a lot of crazy Freaking crap um, And then Puma Don't know about his gimmick Long term I guess in Mexico It probably uh, Cause I know He's the son of I think Felino Or one of the other, Someone of that nature Um But he's a great worker, actually. He gets a lot of, like, really good heel heat. And the guy can just, like, tell a story using his body language, not so much just having to have facial expressions, that sort of thing. So I thought this was really good, Um, you know, and it didn't outstay its welcome. It was, you know, kind of quick, happened, bang, bang, boom. And, yeah, this is a good match, good opener.
0: Yeah. I also, too, was impressed with Star Jr. And I hope to see some more of his matches in the future. Uh, the next match, we had the team of Fuego, Soberano Jr., and Taguchi taking on Okamura and Sho and Yo over Pungi 3K.
1: Yeah, so this match was the first time that we really got to see like Fuego and Taguchi
0: sort of interact. Yeah. And, and kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah, I would say before we even talk about the mask, we have to talk about what Taguchi was wearing. He came out here with like this green vest thing and this green hat. He looked like the Lucky Charms uh, <laughs> mascot. I was like, what are you wearing, Taguchi?
1: You know, I was trying to get through these uh, sh- because I only had a short period of time to like kind of watch these. I was kind of just going skipping through the entrances mm-hmm. except for when LIJ would come out
0: <laughs> so I didn't actually even see that get up but yeah it was yeah it was all I, I thought was Lucky Charms when I saw that mm. also uh Rapungi 3K were wearing lucha masks for their yeah, entrance yeah I noticed
1: that did you also notice that they have different attires now
0: yes they did I think um I think that was just for the Fantastica mania. I, I don't know. I watched New Beginning Night 1. I can't remember what they're... They what have they're,
1: their normal tire back?
0: I thought they did, but I could be wrong. I was watched so much wrestling the last few days, like everything's starting to blur.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Sho kind of has like this, I don't know, almost like Godot-esque sort of like pants, you know? And then Yo's wearing like these cut off like half I forget there was someone in WWE who used to wear something like that I feel like it was Zack Ryder wasn't it who used to have
0: yes the one leg yeah yeah yeah, the one leg so
1: those are those are kind of different but they kind of fit his character a bit and uh, I thought this match was
0: really fun actually yeah this was a really good match Um, actually one thing I put in my notes I put all I wrote down was Taguchi is over (laughs) like (laughs) the crowd they love to it's just awesome to see like you know he's not always considered as one of like top guys because he's kind of a clown but yeah um he's over with the fans and when it comes down to when it's time for him to wrestle he knows how to get uh, stuff done in the ring
1: you know who's over is mima shimoda that's uh akamura's wife oh yes yes she, she is like she's great like she's great yeah. like just everything that she does healing it up and like she takes bumps and yeah, stuff yeah she
0: got involved um, these last two nights in both of Akamoro's matches a lot more than she did on night one
1: yeah apparently I didn't realize Mima Shimoda once I realized that that's who she was I was like oh okay like I've seen her wrestle like as like in old Joshi tapes and things like that so I am actually familiar with her work She was a great worker she probably still is actually but, uh, yeah, this was a really fun match. I thought that Sho and Yo, they've spent time in Mexico, so this really—they fit well, like, right in with this. I liked the stuff with Fuego and uh, Akamura, just the comedy spots.
0: Fuego's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, we are talking about Mima. She was in there, and she was giving Toguchi a little bit of his own medicine with the hip attacks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't she spank him at one point?
0: I think she did too And then she hit him With the hip attacks Until he started Like uh, motorboarding her Yeah that was weird. <laughs> This is stuff You're never gonna see
1: In WWE right. like, it, Those days are gone
0: <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah So I mean uh, Fuego uh, Soberano Jr. And uh, Taguchi Defeated Okamura yo Sobrano sure. uh, Hit the Enziguri And Corkscrew High Cross And Okamura And he
0: got Picked up the win there another fun little you know match Um, something else I wrote in my notes I wrote about Soberano Jr. I wrote he's smooth he's so smooth where
1: a lot of these guys kind of seem frantic and all over the place and one of the knocks that a lot of like western fans have on Lucha Sometimes they can see disconjointed or, you know, kind of clunky. And they work from the other, you know, they work from the left side. And right the right, right side. side, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of guys don't like that just visually. But uh, Soberano is just so smooth, Yeah, man, man he hit a Fosberry flop that was just great. Everything he does um, is like poetry. It's, it, it's like, I don't know. I don't want to say he's like the lucha Randy Orton but I mean when we think of smooth workers I mean Randy Orton's always the guy that comes to mind so it's kind of similar to that in right
0: way. and uh, something else too I took a note of with Taguchi we've been seeing this the Nakamura tributes uh, throughout a lot its, yeah. yeah since Russell Kingdom I believe he's been doing the, like the Nakamura dance and the throwback pose thing so I hope he keeps doing it <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's been hilarious So yeah. I
1: hope one day we get uh, a standoff between the two of them Where they're both doing it, and like in a match or something like that, down the road, that'd be
0: freaking awesome. That would be. All right, up next, we had the team of Atlantis, Kawato, Kojima, and Kushida taking on the team of Bushi, Rush, uh, Takahashi, and Naito, L.I.J.
1: Yeah, so this one was interesting in that... uh, L.I.J. got jumped from the get-go. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like the faces sort of picked up on, knew what they are going to do and kind of anticipated it and launched a preemptive attack. Uh, but then they basically got worked on the outside. L.I.J. still got the upper hand and just beat the crap out of them on the outside. Uh, but
0: that was like a fun way to kind of, unexpected opener, I suppose. Right. And um, at some point during this... Um we saw Naito roll up on uh, Milano again. The commentator, yeah, like he was gonna attack him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that man's got to be living in fear every time he sees Naito. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, but once again, you know, Lij they worked so well together, even with Rush, who's not with them uh, full time all time because obviously he's in Mexico, uh, but. It's like he's a part of L.I.J. all the time. I mean, they work so well together. Um, uh, For me, like, on a lot of these shows, Roosh has, like, been the standout guy. Dude, he oozes charisma. Man, he just—he's so good. I mean, when I see him, I'm like, man, this guy's a star.
1: Yeah, he's he's really, really, really good. Like, I don't know what else to say about him, but, like, his mannerisms, his, like, character work— you know, we we always talk about Tranquilo. He's, like, the least Tranquilo of all the guys. Right. And he tries to, like, play it off like he's, <laughs> like he's cool, but he's clearly, like, the crazy one in the group.
0: Yeah. I uh, also pop for their little, like, soccer ball spot they've been doing where, like, actually they pass the soccer ball back and forth to each other. I liked the new gear that they came out with with the new jersey, the LIJ jersey. Yeah. The,
1: those are fresh. Like, I would probably rock one of those.
0: Right. Um, and then uh, coming on at one point in this match... They pretty much put the work on Kojima. He pretty much got jump zone by uh, all four members. Man, her.
1: Roosh really beat the crap out of Kojima on the outside. I mean, it was kind of a prolonged thing. They, they had to separate them out. Oh, no, that was even after the match. But, like, during yeah. the match, man, he put the boots to that dude. Like, and uh, you're a Kojima guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I am. I love Kojima. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I was very invested in this rivalry. And uh, in my notes here for the finish of the match, I, I wrote Rush kills Kowato. They were killing Kowato. With a double underhook pile driver. Uh,
1: Hiromu was beating the crap out of Kowato. Yes, dude. Kowato's
0: chest was like. It was bleeding. Yeah. Man. It was bleeding. At Busted one point. open his chest.
1: That was some pro wrestling, like Noah or some, like, big Japan stuff right there. I mean, that was stiff as crap. You know, we always talk about, like, strong style, but the truth is you don't see a lot of strong style in in New Japan the way you do in, like, Big Japan or, like, Noah, some of the, like, guys, the bruisers they have over in those promotions. But, man, this was some strong style strikes, like... Right. Yeah. uh, Kawada was getting killed.
0: Yeah. And, like I mentioned, uh, Rouge hit the Rouge driver on kawato to get the pin and then uh post match rush and kojima were brawling rush beat kojima down which was obviously building to their one-on-one match on the next show yeah the crowd was really into that you're right there was a lot of heat for this match um and just it was just a, a solid another solid match a fun match
1: yeah it was fun, but also, like, they really beat the crap out of those guys. <laughs> it was, like, I thought the, the uh, match the night before, I, I enjoyed that more just for the shenanigans and overall story, and it was kind of crazier. Uh, but
0: this one was, like, a little more violent, for sure. Yeah. So, up next, we had uh, the first semi-final match in the Hermanos uh, Tag Team Tournament. And you had Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja taking on the team of Ultimo and Gran Guerrero. Yeah, so this was pretty
1: good, too. I think one thing the listeners are going to pick up on is everything we're saying here is, like, it's all pretty good. Nothing from this night so far had been really blow away. This was a a kick-up, you know, in terms of quality. You know, this is, like, the first match, I'd say, was, like, in that three-and-a-half, like, territory, I suppose. Yeah. But, um... You know it, it it was it was really good for what it was obviously the built-in story with uh, Niebla Roja and um, you know Gran Guerrero uh, they had the title match the night before and that freaking awesome match yeah well not the night before but two nights before good, Right. But um yeah I mean and then obviously they headlined uh the anniversary show or you know last year so I mean that kind of played into things here and this was a real this was a really really good match right, there's yeah, a I mean, lot of good mat wrestling
0: Yeah there's a lot of great mat wrestling um a lot of insane dives there were a lot of in, insane dive spots from the um Oro brothers um da- insane dives from the Guerrero's Uh, Ultimo Guerrero hit his um, top rope um, gourd buster thing. Yeah, they they kind of picked up where they were the the night before where in that
1: match I think we mentioned they did a lot of top rope moves, like big finishing top rope moves. They started doing that whole, uh, it's almost like like how we talk about like a Western WWE match, like finisher, finisher, kick out, kind of like that. They just started going for these big moves, but just off the top rope, which is kind of different. But uh, yeah, it was really good. And, um, yeah, when Gran Guerrero hit him with that, what is it that he he hit him with? With the, His finish? I guess he calls it the Gran Guerrero yeah. special. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing where he lifts him up like, like he's going
0: to It's, a, it's like a lawn dart kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He gets on top rope, lifts him up, and then lawn darts him and jumps at the same time. Yeah. The
1: second half is really where it started picking up with all right. the dives and like the double team, there's a lot of double
0: team dive moves. Yeah. Um. And held the Oro. He did like a cartwheel Fosbury flop thing. He's awesome. And that was that was sick. It, it, it's really
1: shocking because in the West, uh, you know, we've we get like uh, tastes of this sort of thing. You know, there's one guy that's special in each promotion that does like uh, lucha style. One or two guys, you know, and we think of them as being the best. But when you go down to Mexico, there's. everybody can do this stuff. You know what I mean? Like That's the whole style. And there's so many guys that are like that, that you're like, man, like everybody down there can do this stuff. It's pretty impressive, actually. You know, we think like, oh, you know, we have Phoenix over here. We got Ray and... All that, but then they got, then
0: you you watch CMLL and everybody,
1: everybody down there is doing that stuff, you know. And I mean, obviously, there's a difference between the top elite guys. So I'm not trying to say everybody can be like you know Mystica or whatever, but still, uh, from like Star Jr. Saborano and Heldé Oro, like there's a lot of guys down there.
0: I mean, even like the other guys, like Star Jr. Yeah. yeah, yeah, are really really good. Um, so, as we mentioned, um, the Guerrero brothers picked up the win here. It's a very good tag match. Which I predicted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the vision, man. Josh has the vision. Uh, called this called this tournament, exactly. Yeah, Guerrero's picked up the win here. I don't
1: think if, you know, it doesn't take, like, too much. I mean, it's not, nothing special about me. I'm pretty sure most people that are semi-familiar could probably tell you like you know if it's if, it, if Ultimo Guerrero and Gran Guerrero are teamed up they're going to end up in the finals
0: like they're you know Ultimo Guerrero is one of the biggest names in the company so right and then we had the next Armano semi-final match with the brother team of Dragon Lee and Mystico taking on the team of Quartero and Sanson
1: this was good. Um, it was shorter, and I think it was as good as the previous tag match. Uh, I thought it was interesting to see uh, Quattrero and Sanson come out with uh, the different like brother gear gear that they yeah. had. They wore the actual trunks instead of tights, which was different, and they all white.
0: I was the whole time I was sitting there I was like good guys wear white I guess <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. it, this was really good too yeah they got they were getting some heat in the beginning of the match trying to take off Mystical's <laughs> mask yeah um, Dragon Lee he did an awesome Falcon Arrow at one point in this match um, they did a lot of awesome stuff like that's the thing there's so many moves to call to just be like
1: they're doing a lot of crap
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> um Mystico and Dragon Lee, two of the best high flyers in the whole world, and you know, they're brothers, and they just showed everybody why they're two of the best at what they do. You know, to steal a line from uh, Chris Jericho, (laughs) but they're really, really good. I mean, and Cotrera and Sanson, both of those guys, they're, uh, I forget who their family is or their lineage, but I know that they're like, they're both destined for stardom in that company. Mm based on their build and their look and their family pedigree but uh, would that still be in the case like they weren't
0: on this particular night they weren't going to go over Mystico and Dragon Lee right Um, there was a lot of awesome Rana's in this match there was a reverse Rana uh, by Dragon Lee there was like a a apron like assisted Hurricane Rana thing that uh, Dragon Lee and Mystico did
1: there was a uh, yeah Hurricane Rana to the outside that was really awesome
0: And um, then like you mentioned, you know, they couldn't uh, take out Mystico and Dragon Lee. Mystico gets the win. He counters the suplex, locks in the La Mystica, which is like a... uh, Looks like he's going for head scissors, but then he drops him down into like a Fujiwara Fujiwara. arm bar. Yeah. And he got the submission win here. Match was uh, 10 minutes and 30 seconds, so not that long, but it was still a very good match. I remember I used to play... uh
1: WWE like thirteen or fourteen, I don't remember which one it was, and I used to try to play Sin Cara a lot because he was getting that big push. Yeah, and I hated that finish. <laughs> Every time I was like, oh I gotta go." Into, what, what What are the finishes in that game called? The uh, su- the breaking submission. Oh, the breaking point or whatever. Breaking point. I freaking yeah. hated having to. I was like, "This is this dude's finish. He's <laughs> one of the best high flyers in the world, and he goes into a Fujiwara <laughs> armbar. Sucks."
0: Uh, grab a hole, pal. <laughs> Alright, and then we have the main event of the evening
1: Oh yeah This
0: was a match that you were looking forward to The uh, most. Yes, you were This was the NWA welterweight title match We had the champion of Volador Jr. taking on the challenger, Barbaro Cavanario Let's be clear here This was not for the NWA Welterweight Championship. This
1: is for the NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship. These are not the two same belts. (laughs) And if if you have questions about what I'm referring to, just listen to our last podcast. We made mention of this. But, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say this is for the NWA Welterweight title. It's not. It's for the World Historic Welterweight belt, which is...
0: Freaking confusing as crap Right, we went over in the last episode A lot about all the titles That are in uh, CMLL, LL And yeah, a lot of titles So listen to last week's episode If you need a history lesson on why there's so many belts And what belt is what But So this is for the NWA Historic welterweight title uh, The champion, like I mentioned, Voldor Jr. The challenger, your man Barbero.
1: Dude, both of these guys are my guys. I love Volador, and I love Barbaro. I like Barbaro Cavanario the best for me. Like, he's my favorite guy in CMLL um, for a lot of different reasons. But this match was – this was the match of the whole uh, – Tour. The whole tour.
0: Yeah. Uh, something very interesting at the beginning. Uh, Voldor, he kept his mask on for a little bit in the beginning and did a couple yeah. sequences with the mask. I was like, hmm, is he going to keep the mask on for this match? Yeah,
1: once that mask comes off, they never work. That's what I was confused about. But it then,
0: it and then anymore. eventually he uh, took it off.
1: He does it every. Like I said in the last uh, podcast, every. He doesn't do that in, Jap- in Mexico, but in Japan, these guys, they. Oh, I don't know why. It's just like this ooh ah spot. <laughs> him, him and uh, uh, Ultimo Guerrero. they yeah. do it every match but they don't right. do it in Mexico just here yeah they do it every year
0: <laughs> it's weird I don't I guess, know uh, they figured out they get a pop in Japan they're like oh we'll keep doing it every year cheap pop they get
1: a pop off of it yeah. every single time
0: but this match was crazy I mean there were tons of crazy moves in this match there was a nice plancha by uh, Barbaro um, there was also He did a crazy dive spot He did a uh, Splash to the floor Which was uh,
1: There was one point where he did A springboard plancha Into a uh, Into a uh, Hurricane Rana to the outside Yeah And I was just like Man that's That's some Rey Mysterio 97 Like 96, 97 stuff Like You know, it's crazy when you go back, you watch those matches, and realize how good Ray was, because even as good as these guys are, they're not really on the level that Ray was. But I I dare say, Volador might be the best uh, luchador that I've seen, that that's like active out there. Because I mean, he's incredible.
0: Yeah, he's great. And um, there was, um, I forgot who it was, but it was like a hammerlock suplex on the floor. They did a lot of stuff on the outside. Yeah. That, uh, he did the one spot
1: where he does the, you know, on the inside where Cabernario, he does the uh, thing where he runs up springboards. For springboard
0: o- splash thing, yeah. He
1: did that on the outside off of a chair, which was really cool. One thing you're going to learn about Barbro Cabernario, this man hates his knees. Yeah. He just does not give a crap about his knees. That spot that he does where he does the splash to the Support, outside. Yeah, the
0: caveman splash. He does it
1: all the time. Yeah. I don't know how he's, like, walking. This dude, like, hates his freaking kneecaps. He
0: doesn't want to walk when he's old. And, uh... He needs to have a talk with Mick Foley, bro. Yeah, seriously. Um, but I love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boulder Jr., he hit a Spanish fly from the top turnbuckle for an fall towards the end.
1: The, in the beginning, it just seemed like these guys were trying to outdo one another, but at the end, again, uh, you know, Carbonario was really going for the win, and he was doing everything in his power to to, to uh, put, you know, Volador away. One thing was I saw, and I don't have the specific stats here, but, like, apparently Volador's been holding onto the spell for, like, multiple years now. And I think he's got something something like 17 or 18 title defenses like racked up, Uh, you know, because they don't defend their titles that often. So it's he's got one of the longest reigns in CMLL right now, which is for this title, which he's he's really raised the prestige of the belt quite a bit because of that. So, I mean, that was a big deal, you know, going into this match. Uh, Really, really, really good match.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I highly recommend um, you haven't watched Fantastica Mania at least go do yourself the favor and watch this match from uh, night two. Uh,
1: the, uh, I guess the finish was pretty much at the end. Um, you know, Carbonario hit him with a huge superplex. He got the two, and then uh, he wasn't able to capitalize. Uh, Volador kicked out, and then uh, they went to the top, and Volador uh, hit him with the Spanish fly for the, for the fall.
0: And that was uh, it. Uh, Did he I thought he hit a Canadian destroyer after that. That's right. It was a Canadian destroyer. You're, yeah. you're, it was a Spanish fly. He kicked out, and then, and then he went. Well, I guess is it a Mexican destroyer then? <laughs> I guess so, man. He um, hit it so fast. Yeah, it was so clean. I was. I felt like I was watching Petey Williams and the X Division in his prime. Yeah, it was a beautiful Canadian destroyer and pick up the win and successful to, uh, title defense to end the twenty-first Fantastica Mania.
1: So, I still, and I'll just say this I thought the first night personally, because of how good the card just overall was, and with the LIJ shenanigans and then the top two title matches, I thought overall that was the best night. But this probably was um, one of the like two or three best matches, if not the best match of the entire tour. And it was, you know, right. This would have fit in um, with any New Japan like match, like be, you know, Best of Super Juniors, or you know, anything we've seen from like Hiromu and like Kushida and like Osprey and all those guys over the yeah. past couple years. I mean, this was the same caliber of level, like title match was awesome, awesome yeah, match,
0: very great match,
1: and that crowd ate it up, man. Yeah, they did. They loved it. They were they were really hot for that match. So I was. Very, very pleased, because that was the match I was looking forward to the most, and they really delivered. Yeah, you hyped it up, and
0: it lived up to the hype, so... Yeah, I'm good when that happens. (laughs) I'm glad when that happens, and when I don't look stupid. (laughs) All right, now on to uh, Fantastica Mania, January 22nd. This was the last night of the Fantastica Mania tour. It opened up with the team of uh Fuego and Taguchi taking on Puma and Disturbio. Once again, Taguchi was wearing the lucky charms gimmick and he also had like a bird thing around his crotch. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, and something else to take a note of, we mentioned last week's on last week's episode that we were kind of down on the whole music issue. Well on, yeah, on They fixed it. Yeah, on night they three They fixed it. They've well, been listening
1: to the podcast. Yeah,
0: well on night two they replaced everything with the Fantastica Mania music. Oh, that got that got so old fast. That got old fast. But here on on this show, they actually dubbed in music. I was wondering
1: about that. I was like, why did they only like do the new music for this sh- like show and the, yeah. the other one that just got I don't know someone in the production truck or
0: it's listening to Keeping It Strong style I was like man these guys are right we need to <laughs> get our act together with the music they didn't fix the first show I, I, I went back and watched the match yeah.
1: but it's still the dead air so it's kind
0: All of right. weird Uh, So, yeah, they fixed that. Uh, Disturbio, I'm I'm guessing he's, like, a big, like, Dragon Ball Z mark. Oh, I was going to mention that. (laughs) He's wearing the Saiyan armor. Yeah, he had
1: the freaking Saiyan armor. But you know what I thought was cool about it was, like, he didn't have, like the Vegeta Saiyan armor or something he had like the same. the Saiyan... Ginyu Force Yeah, like the Ginyu Force like the Jobber he knows he's a, a mid-card guy so he's wearing mid-card armor
0: right he looked <laughs> like uh, I forget now like, It was like the fat green one yeah
1: that's exactly what I thought I was like he's wearing the same armor as I forget it Bulba
0: yeah I think that was his name yeah it's been a while since I watched that um, that saga um, yeah, and then I didn't I w- know you liked Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I love Dragon Ball Z. I'm watching oh. Dragon Ball Super right now, bro. Are you? Yeah. Dude, I did not know that.
1: <laughs> you know that I went and saw... Uh, what was the movie when, when Frieza came back? Like, Oh, uh, wasn't
0: it like Frieza's Revenge or something like that? I went that? and saw
1: in the movie theaters. Oh,
0: wow. That was dope. Yeah, so... yeah, I haven't I- started watching Super yet, but... I'm a nerd, guys, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I watch professional wrestling. <laughs> How did we and, never and, talk about this? So weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah, uh, yeah, and they
0: do the fusion dance. Yeah, there's a fusion spot, yeah. That's and, freaking And dope. the announcers marked out, too. They were like, fusion! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man,
1: it was awesome. Oh, So, man. yeah, this was
0: a another fun... Uh, and there was also a Kamehameha spot, too.
1: <laughs> Yo, I saw that, and I was like... Please, nobody, like, thank God so few people watch this, because please, God, no one shows to Jim. Like, don't let Jimmy see this, like, because Jim Cornette is going to lose his mind if he sees that crap.
0: Goddamn anime wrestlers <laughs> shooting the Kamehameha ruining the business. <laughs> oh my God! yeah. Uh, I was dying laughing when that happened.
1: Yo, this was a really funny match. Uh, Disturbio and Puma just kind of being like the, like, Very charismatic, like goofy heels, and then Fuego and Taguchi doing every silly spot under the sun. It was a really fun opener. Uh, that spot that you mentioned where uh, Taguchi's been doing the thing where like kind of like how Cien Almas like catches himself in the ropes but he does it with his butt now right so weird (laughs) but then he got he got Kamehameha out of the ring and like sold it like he got killed yeah so stupid but it's so funny it's hilarious uh, I don't even know if I should (laughs) bury it or put it over I don't know what to do I don't want to touch it and
0: even the announcers they put that over too Kamehameha uh, uh, there was also a great moonsault to the outside from Fuego. Fuego's a, like, he's
1: a comedy act, but that guy can really move, too. Yeah. All these guys can. It's crazy. Yeah. How do they work like that? Like, it's nuts. All,
0: all year round. I know. Crazy. And then the finish came here. Uh, Fuego got a quick crucifix for the win. So, another fun Oh, opener.
1: yeah, he hit him with the uh, that wraparound uh, pin. Yeah. Yeah, that. That, usually if someone gets hit with that in, in Mexico, that's a...
0: It's Dunzies. That's a Dunzies, yeah. Yeah. You're done. So, yeah, another fun opener match. It was solid. A lot of comedy, and the crowd really enjoyed it. Uh, the next match, we had Jushin, Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, Kushida, and Star Jr. taking on the team of Okamura, Shou, Yo, and Rocky Romero. yes.
1: So, this was, uh, you know, kind of everything you'd expect it to be. I, I remember watching this thinking it was really good, but after it was over, I was like, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It probably wasn't as good as as I enjoyed it
0: to be. Right, and uh, if something, that makes too, sense. to note uh, I don't know if you, I know you were kind of skipping some of the entrances, but did you see Kushida's Time Machine mask?
1: Yeah, yeah, he does that every year. Uh, yeah, I did see that, actually, because I watched more of the entrances this time because they had music. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I did see that. That was pretty funny. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Jushin Thunder Liger coming out with Tiger Mask and
0: Kushida. So kind of like the New Japan like juniors and teaming up with Star Junior. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there was a lot of great uh, chain wrestling in the beginning with, between uh, Kushida and Yo. Um, there was a spot where um, all four of the baby faces uh, were dancing, and they were trying to get Tiger.
1: Oh, yeah, Tiger, then, they, they tried to get Tiger towards with that, yeah. and he did the weird, like, <laughs> like old man, like, I don't know, shuffle, I guess. Right.
0: It. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, but, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then um, Akamura's wife um, got was a, involved in this match quite a bit. Mima? Yeah, Mima. She um, she took a Tilt-A-World backbreaker, and the fans did not like that. They
1: didn't like it. Every time she, like, bumped, because she is kind of like a legend over there still, mm. I mean, she's a heel, but, like, they love her. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Tiger Master's getting some heat out there.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, Kushida suplexed her. Yeah, Kushida got heat, too. Yeah, I forgot Yeah, And even Kushida, like, covered his head. He was like, oh, like, kind of like, I'm sorry, guys, but she, she was... She deserved it. Right. She was asking for it. <laughs> uh, Liger, he did a cannonball from the apron. That was pretty cool.
1: It's crazy that Liger can still go the way he can, man. Like it's just nuts it's every time we see him like you know it shouldn't be so surprising but I mean this dude's in his 50s and there's very few guys in the world I mean the only guy I can think of off the top of my head is like maybe Negro Casas
0: I can't think of anybody else that's still going like that right That's crazy and then uh, coming on to the end of the match uh, Akamura hits his uh, reverse DDT reverse DDT thing on Star Jr. and gets the win here uh, who hit that? Uh Akamura.
1: Oh Akamura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Akamura with the uh the uh Scorpion Death
0: Drop pretty much. Yeah. I guess
1: that's his finish cuz that's what he finished uh, Fuego with the first night too. Right.
0: And he does it. he he picks him up like in a scoop slam first and then he drops him and drops him down. Yeah, it's
1: pretty vicious looking actually. It's a pretty believable finish. Akamura is a uh, an older guy too who can really
0: go. Yeah, I mean, he I was surprised. I like his gear too. I don't yeah. know. It kinda of reminds me of Cody's gear. Yeah, and he yeah <laughs> the pattern and he has like all kinda of like the different like uh flags on it.
1: Yeah, I mean there's some people that kinda of thought this was disconjointed, but I thought it was perfectly what it needed to be. It was really fun and you know, it, every everybody got
0: their stuff in. It was a good you know, another good match. Yeah. Then next up, we had um, the Losers Bracket match in the Hermanos Tournament. And uh, some. I really like they did this Losers Bracket because, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I wrestled in high school, and a lot of times when we did... Um, Tournaments, they were always uh, double elimination, so you could you could lose one match and still wind up getting third. There was a losers bracket, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool that they did a losers bracket here.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know this was kind of playing off the fact that uh, uh, I don't it wasn't Niebla Roja, but I think didn't Angel De Oro, Deoro he wrestled. Uh, Who'd he wrestle the first night? Was it Cuartero? or Sanson? Yeah, I,
0: I think it was Quartero. Okay, yeah.
1: So, I mean, another another plan, a title match that we saw during this, uh, you know, tournament. But um,
0: Yeah, so it was Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja against Quartero and Sanson.
1: Yeah, and this was, you know, actually, of all the tag matches, I thought this was
0: probably the worst one. Yeah. Um, but it was still pretty decent for what it was. They didn't get much time. They got uh, 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, they tried to go very fast paced probably because they had such a short time. But they went a fast pace. It was very hard hitting too.
1: Yeah, they were they were throwing some really hard strikes in this. I remember there being one point where they were trading uh, blows, and I was like, this could
0: be a gif right here. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, strong style. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was a assisted dive. Um, Orho, Orho jumped off of Roja's back. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, and then he ran across the other end and did a flip, did dive. His flip dive. Yeah, there was a great uh, double submission spot. Um, and. Quartero and Sanson ended up getting the win here yeah so apparently Angel de
1: Oro and Niebla Roja even though they're both champions they are the worst of all the brother tag teams right <laughs>
0: so uh, they didn't
1: get a single win during S- this
0: tournament Sanson did this cool uh, top rope uh, spinning rack bomb thing to get the win oh that was awesome yeah yeah, that, that move was awesome. I, I actually was like kind of
1: worried. I was like, these guys are freaking insane, some of the stuff that Yeah,
0: I had no idea what he was going to do, and then I didn't he, he hit it off. It's almost, um, AJ Styles does that move sometimes, but like on the ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's
1: almost kind of similar to what Cena does a little bit. Yeah. When he sets guys up for the five-knuckle knuckle shuffle, but like off the top rope. Which is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything off the top rope is a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay match. And then we got the Coato farewell match. So yeah. we all know he's going on an excursion and Coato and Atlantis teamed up uh, to take on Gato and Barbaro Cabernario. I think we talked about the potential that this match could kinda be like a n- not a non like a dud. And I kind of think it did live up to that moniker. I didn't think much of it, to be yeah,
0: honest. Yeah, it you. was okay. There were lots of signs in the crowd for Kawato. Um They tried to get heat by taking off Atlantis' mask.
1: That's a big deal. That's a big deal in Mexico. Like, he's the oldest active competitor with his mask still going, and he's won more. Uh,
0: mask for his hair.
1: Just, yeah, bet matches than anybody else there. At this point, if you get. It, whoever does win his mask, I think we talked about this before, it's going to be like beating the Undertaker streak,
0: essentially. So, taking his mask off, that's some really heelish crap right there. Yeah, and there was. A, they brawled on the outside for a while. There was a nice flip dive from Kawhi. And um, Barbaro, he uh, ended up submitting Coato with his uh, signature hole
1: La Cavernaria Yeah. Yeah. He tapped out Coato the young boy.
0: Yeah. This was another short match, nine minutes and fourteen seconds.
1: It was, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, Coato tried to uh, fire up, and he tried to do all the. He got all the big spots that we've seen him doing, you know, in the uh, what was the, the Young Lions. The Cup. Young Lions Cup. I felt like
0: he did a little bit more.
1: Yeah, he did some cool stuff. He did that uh, that outside flip, that flip plancha which yeah. to the outside, which I never really see him do that. That was really cool. Um, he he got some cool stuff in, but you know, ultimately, I didn't think too much. I thought I was really disappointed. I thought Atlantis was pretty bad, actually, on literally every match of this whole tour.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just—I don't know if he's has nagging injuries or just the he's, fact that he's old. He's old.
1: Yeah, anyone yeah. who's seen him right now, they're not—you know—they're not seeing him at his best. I mean, this is. You know, be like
0: trying to show show someone The Undertaker right now. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's very similar. Then uh, next up, we had uh, Drone, Sobonero Jr., Voldor Jr., taking on Bushi, Takahashi, and Naito. This was good. Uh, Yeah, this was really good. I mean, I...
1: Would be surprised to say it was not considering all the talent that was in this match Um, I thought it was really cool to see you know Naito uh, tearing it up with all the
0: juniors right and of course uh, the beginning LIJ jumped them at the start Uh, something I noted I said Naito is full um, Ingram Bernabalos mode here he's the ungovernable Naito that we come to love and know
1: I heard some people trying to say like you know that uh, we haven't we're not covering the new sh- you know the new beginning shows yet I heard some people saying that you know they maybe he didn't get the crowd reactions that they're used to but I didn't see it I mean granted they were in Corkin
0: right but I didn't see any of that on these and um during I, this tour I watched the first new beginning show. And during the Naito match, I heard a reaction, so I'm not quite sure what people are talking about. People are saying he's damaged because he lost to Okada. I'm not seeing that at all. I'm I'm not seeing it. Um, We have some news later on Naito that will prove that he's not damaged. Um, And he's just reverting back to the LIJ Naito here. He's putting back the Stardust Genius. As we mentioned, that's kind of been his struggle between being L.I.J. Naito and Star Genius Naito. And, and, um,
1: I liked the... There was the one spot in this match with Bushi and Drone where they just kept chopping each yes.
0: other. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, there was also a chop battle between Takahashi and Soberano. Um Soberano was running wild in this match He did his uh, spin dive
1: Soberano's was running wild brother
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, There was a beautiful Lion salt 2 from Soberano um,
1: There's just so, mu- so many like high spots In this stuff like- Yeah man this is crazy (laughs) it's crazy how much stuff they do like uh, it's nuts
0: and once again um, I always keep making notes of this L.I.J. just works so well together it doesn't matter which combination you put whether it's two of them three of them all five of them with Rouge. they are so smooth and work in tandem I I thought it
1: was interesting to take note that Sonata and Evil were nowhere to be seen on this tour because they were overseas but it really didn't even feel like they were missing because how cohesive the four of these guys all were together all three nights, you know? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it felt like L.I.J. was, you know, in full effect. I mean, this was, uh, for these three shows, it was L.I.J. show, all, you know, all tour,
0: basically. These guys were just ruling the roost, you know what I mean? Right. And then uh, towards the end of the match... Bushi was working over Drone he hit a low blow and a backslide and LIJ stole the win here
1: I thought that was a good finish uh, you know good way for them to get the cheap heel win and uh, you know they, they obviously Drone being the lowest guy on that cart or you know on that team essentially in terms of stature made sense you know and it was a good win for Bushi
0: yeah so. and then um, we had the semi main event Roosh versus uh, Satoshi Kojima. They've been building Smash the whole tour. What do you think about this match, Josh?
1: I was more excited for it than it actually ended up being. I thought they built really well to it. And the brawling, like in the beginning, I thought, I don't know, it just kind of. It ended up being good, but it it took a while to kind of get there. Yeah, it could
0: have been better. Rushu, he was choking out Kojima. Rushu was awesome. Yeah, choked out Kojima with the cable chair shot to the head. Oh, that chair, sh-
1: that chair shot uh, split him open hard way on the back of his head. I don't know yeah. if you noticed. Yeah, I saw that. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, I wish I kind of like the the old school lover in me. I love chair shots, but then there's the part of me that's like, I don't know if someone should be getting hit in the head that freaking hard, hard like, right. even if it's plastic. Like, obviously, look what happened. This dude got busted
0: open. Um, um also um Rush it did the machine gun chops to Kojima. Yeah. The, Kojima turned it around returned the favor. I love the way Rush a Rush sells Kojima's uh, machine gun chops.
1: Oh, you know what one thing I forgot to mention was in the the night before. I think it, I don't know if it was Kojima or who it was but uh guys kept trying to run into the corner and they uh, it might have been I think it was Kojima but maybe it wasn't. They kept uh making them miss and hit uh, Mima. Yeah. yeah, That was really funny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right. But, yeah, so this match, was, this match was really, you know, it ended up being pretty good. Um, I feel like Rush, I don't know what it is, but, like, last year he destroyed Atlantis all tour and then killed him at the end with a chair, and, like, he did the same thing to Kojima. He might have this new, like, legend killer gimmick where he just shows up in Japan for, like, <laughs> for fantastic mania just to like kill k- yeah kill your favorite wrestler put, like <laughs> put him out
0: back like all yeller
1: <laughs> so yeah i mean he he kind of destroyed kojima
0: in this yeah, match he to did. be honest like
1: um, it it was kind of sad uh, didn't kojima go for the larry at one point and something happened i can't remember yeah
0: well uh one point kojima hit the koji cutter and a brainbuster for a near fall um kojima's knee at some point he hurt his knee in this match Um, It really kind of hindered the match because he couldn't move as well. Um, And then Roosh ended up hitting him with the Roosh uh, driver, which is a double underhook pile driver. And, yo,
1: that move is devastating. I mean, that's one of those moves, like, you're kind of surprised guys are still using it or or hitting it. And he looks so safe when he does it, but I'm still terrified every time I see someone take
0: it. And then um, after the match, we had um, Bushi, Naito, and Takahashi. Yeah, they came out for the Lij Love Fest. Yeah, those guys. Uh, yeah, Roosh is like
1: their cool cousin from like out of town who like comes in and takes him out to party with the big kids and like buys them beer. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like home from college. Like. And he, he lets these like these young little LIJ, LIJ guys like party with him, you know what I mean? Right. But um nah, it was it was just they they're they're such a cool faction. Like I know we always like talk crap about like quote unquote cool heels. But they are. They're cool heels. Right. And uh but they're real heels all at the same time. Like they're heels. Yeah.
0: Like, they, there's no getting you around saw through this tour the way they were beating up Milano. They get heat, man. <laughs> yeah, so they were getting heat. Nice little celebration here. Then it was the main event of the night. And just saying Uh, once again, I want to see Roosh back in New Japan. Oh, yeah. I want to see him in the G1. I would love to see Roosh
1: in the G1. Like, I don't care if, like, someone
0: well-deserving gets knocked out. (laughs) Like... Well, well, some, in Kujima, like I was mentioning his knee here. He actually ended up tearing his ACL, I believe. Yeah. So we we were going to
1: talk about that. We got a lot of news, you know, coming up, but that is something worth mentioning. So Kujima has, you know, ruptured his ACL or his left ACL, so he's
0: out for a while. Like that's a very serious injury for especially for somebody at his age, right? Um, so. Most likely he will not be in G1 this year. Well, you know, last year they did the storyline where it was Nagata's
1: last G1 run. The year before that, uh, Kojima was supposed to be in the G1 and he gave up his spot for Tenzan and it was Tenzan's last G1 run. So following that kind of like Pattern. pattern, you would assume that with the New Japan dads that this may have potentially been... Kojima's last G1 run but I'm wondering now like with this happening are we even going to see him in another G1 and the interesting thing about the G1 and why it is so important you know you hear a lot of guys um, who don't follow New Japan they wonder why certain guys don't get singles pushes or yada yada they don't realize like the majority of the matches throughout the year are going to take place in tag matches so when they get that singles push it usually does happen during the G1 exactly this is when you're going to see the most singles matches of the entire year and so for a guy a legendary wrestler like Kojima who's got such a storied past in New Japan and then all, all just wrestling in general in Japan um, to see him kind of miss out on that tournament this year it's kind of disappointing i suppose we don't know for sure i mean we'll we'll get more coverage once we hear more but I don't—I can't assume—I can't believe that he would be back for the G1 this year.
0: Yeah. Well, so, well wishes out to Kojima. I'm a big Kojima mark, and uh, hope he gets well soon, and we can see a little bit more from him before he retires. You know, it's
1: funny, guys. I uh, was talking with Jeremy the other day, and I was like, I don't understand why you like Kojima so much. Not that I don't like Kojima, because I do— But I thought that Jeremy, like, just started seeing, like, old Kojima was just, like, a mark for him from, like... And I was, like, I didn't know that, like, you'd been watching him, like, for a while.
0: Yeah, and um, I was first exposed to Kojima um, during the first launch of MLW, which was in the early 2000s, kind of popped up after ECW went down. And uh, they did a lot of shows in Florida, and they came on at, like, midnight on a random channel. And uh, Kojima was one of their top stars, and he was wrestling guys like uh, Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson. And that was my first exposure to him, and I thought he was awesome then, and I tried to keep up with him ever since then. See,
1: I knew you didn't watch, like, mid-2000s All Japan, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, you can see this guy in his prime. How? Why do you like Kojima so much? I didn't know, like, yeah. oh, you've been watching for a while now. Yeah, so... So yeah, uh, all the well wishes to Kojima. Uh, I don't know when it ha- when that knee injury happened in that match. It was a kind of violent match, but
0: right. Uh, I don't. It seemed like this just happened in the middle of the match. I don't know if just it just, just I don't ruptured know ruptured in the middle of the match somehow. But yeah.
1: I mean, the fact that he he finished that match with that sort of injury is a testament to how tough that guy is. Yeah.
0: I mean, crazy. So uh, on to the main event. It was the finals of their uh, CMLL Hermanos uh, tag team tournament. Ultimo and Gran Guerrero taking on Dragon Lee and Mystico.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this was the finals that we kind of predicted was was most likely to happen, and it made the most sense, because you have two of the top up-and-coming... Well, I mean, I don't even want to say up-and-coming because they're up there, but, you know... Yeah, they're pretty much established. They're established, but, I mean, they're, you know, two of the... Younger stars who are, you know, the top baby faces going against two of the top established heels, you know, and all big draws there in Mexico. So, I mean, yeah, and in in Japan. So, yeah, both of these teams are
0: over huge. Yeah, so it made a lot of sense that this is going to be the finish. And, you know, Jeremy, run us down. Um, Something here I had in my notes I wrote, Mystico is freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. there was a lot of great spots from both teams in this match. This match was very fast paced. Uh, the Guerreros, they worked really well together and had a lot of great uh, teamwork in this match. Oh, there was an insane um, dive Rana spot yeah. from the crowd, which I marked out for. Um, see what oh yeah there was a uh, chop battle between uh dragon lee and uh grand guerrero which was pretty intense uh top there was a top rope over the dive rana spot from dragon lee mystico and uh dragon lee when they did the double plancha to the outside yeah double flips yeah i have that double flips in stereo there was top rope rana's top rope power bomb uh grand guerrero did a flip uh, move to the outside. There was like a
1: lot of reversals too. A lot of times where you thought one, like someone was gonna get something, they would reverse it into a rana, or reverse it into a power bomb. So there's a lot of like guys getting cut off and stopped right. and that sort of thing. Just really awesome momentum uh, shifts throughout the match.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, standing uh, catching Spanish fly um, from Dragon Lee, and a, a lot of the uh, near falls were very believable.
1: There's a lot of times where they kind of popped me because I kept thinking that this was going to be the finish. Oh, that's going to be the finish. And it seemed like they were just kicking out of everything, just showing, you know, how hungry the both these teams were to be named, like, the Best Brothers tag
0: team. <laughs> right, yeah. And then uh, coming on to the end of the match, um, Ultimo Guerrero, he did a uh, top rope reverse suplex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Guerrero special on Mystico. And Ultimo and Gran Guerrero win in 18 minutes and 40 seconds. They are the best brother tag team in CMLL. And they beat him clean. Yeah. Yeah, really,
1: really, really good match. That was the match of the night. Um, I didn't necessarily think it was as good as the Volador-Barbero-Cabinario match or the top two uh You know, the top two title matches from the first night, but right up there with those matches. I mean, all around like
0: a fantastic finish to a really awesome tour once again. And yeah, this was really, really good. Yeah, so highly recommend that you check out some of these top matches that we highlighted here from CMLL's Fantastica Mania. Um, great show. Looking forward to watching more CMLL and hoping some of these guys come back for Best of the Super Juniors and the G1. So, and then afterwards, they did a send-off for Kawato. So, let's talk about that. Yeah, so, um, obviously, we don't really have the translation of what the promos were, <laughs> were, but pretty much it was a send-off. They gave Kawato the mic, um, assuming he was saying, you know, goodbye and that he was... He's going to do his best in CMLL, and um, actually, he's making his um, debut, you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, January 30th, he's making his debut today.
1: Yeah, on the 30th, so he's going to be wrestling at Arena Mexico, uh, the matches uh, Fuego, uh, Triton, and... Aduez, whoever that is. Uh, take It's a six-man tag taking on Raziel, uh, Cancerbero. I don't even know how to announce his, <laughs> his, his name, and, and Coato. And the interesting thing here is Coato is working heel in this match. Right. And he's making his official CMLL debut, you know, in Mexico. So, um, yeah, they got him working heel.
0: That's yep. very interesting. I always, I thought, you know, Kawada, he was pushing the baby face in New Japan. I, I would think that he would they would keep him as a baby face. Um, I mean, I think it's great.
1: Uh, I don't know if like this is going to be a, a forever established character. I mean, a lot of guys do, you know, from Japan do tend to go over there and work other, you know, personas, learn how to work both sides, which is, you know, great. Plus, you know, you always hear the old adage: it's always it's easier to work heel. Yeah, so that might be that might play into it, but um, I mean it's exciting to see what's gonna happen with you know Kowato in CMLL and what he's gonna
0: learn and how he's gonna progress as a performer going going down there, you know? Right. All right, so let's uh, keep on going. We well, have a lot more news to cover. Well, I want to talk about Kowato. <clears throat> All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, there have been a lot of like
1: speculations about you know. What basically what's going to happen with Quado and I feel like this is a, a good time to kind of talk about it because, obviously,
0: um, he is leaving, um, you know. Right, right. There's been a lot of rumblings on whether when he comes back if he would take on, like, a Liger, a new Liger persona, whether that be, like, a Liger 2 or, like, a Super Liger kind of gimmick.
1: I think that part of the reason why is because in the past, there have been people like, for instance, Mizawa uh, or Koji Kanemoto, who have worked under the like the Tiger Mask um, gimmick and kind of established themselves that way, and then eventually taken off the mask. Whereas, you know, n- in modern times, ti- the new Tiger Mask, Tiger Mask Four, he's never taken the mask off, so he's kind of just uh, established his whole, you know, c- uh, character and career under that that gimmick. But people see the potential in Kawato so much so that I think that they do assume that maybe he could be one. I think when they, it's high praise because when we think of a guy like uh, you know, Kiji Yamada who is Jushin Thunder Liger who's worked his whole entire career under that gimmick, the fact that they think that, I think people have wondered who could possibly ever replace him, you know what I mean? Right. Or who could ever truly don the, uh, you know, the Tiger Mask gimmick again and you know, live up to, like, the standards of, like, uh, you know, uh, Satoru Sayama,
0: and this is a guy that I think the fans see where maybe he could be that. Right, and, um, it'd be very interesting, I mean, it's also a potential, maybe he could be another, another tiger mask.
1: I hear, I've heard both sides of the story where there's people who are like, I don't want to see him come back under a mask, um, you, you hear a lot of people talk about how great this dude's facial expressions are. You know what I mean? Right, he's great at selling. Yeah, he's an awesome seller, and he's a great storyteller. One thing, though, if you ever watch a match with a lot of these uh, luchadors who work under the mask, what they learn how to do uh, talking about a guy like Fuego for instance or like Liger they know how to tell the story using body language right not all wrestlers know how to do that and it's something where if someone who's worked under a mask like for instance like a Hiromu Takahashi he knows how to do it There, we always talk about the swag and how he's got this this it I think it comes from the fact that he worked as Kamatachi for so long under the mask before he did demask you know what I mean Right. so I wouldn't be surprised if they did put him under a mask at least at some point when he's in Mexico Now if he comes back And he
0: dons a new gimmick that way I mean, I don't know Right, and there's also a possibility Maybe he even joins LIJ Maybe he joins LI in CMLL And then comes back and joins LIJ in Japan Maybe I'm wondering how long he's going to be gone
1: To right. be honest I mean, this he's very young Right, I mean, he could be there for He could be there for a A couple while. Of years I know Takahashi was there for a while you know um that kind of brings up the point you know of all the different excursion points that and partnerships that new japan has n- almost none have been as successful as cmll's partnership with them i mean you just look at the list of guys that have spent time down there and really established their character you got uh tanahashi has spent time down there nakamura naito yoshihashi taguchi Tamatanga, Yujiro, Gato, Jado, Y2J's been there even though he wasn't with New Japan, Goto, Hiromu Takahashi, Liger, Bushi. And the list goes on and on, show and yo. So, I mean, that's a pretty extensive list of guys who've gone there. And I mean, I don't know a single person on that list that I would sit back and say, can't
0: work or, you know. Right. I mean, all those are top guys, top workers. Um, so, I mean, I'm expecting great things that come of this excursion for Kawato. Um, you know, I'm expecting him to be there for a while. And, um, and when he comes back, he's going to be a superstar. I mean, they see him, you know, we've talked about before. They,
1: they say he's the ace of the uh, young boys. He's like the senpai. And he has the most, like, responsibilities as far as, like, leading the class. And so I think they're putting a lot of faith and a lot of trust in him right now. And I don't know what plans they do or don't have for him. I think at this point, anyone who talks about it is just speculating. But the fact that there are so many people speculating about what he can and can't do or will or won't be just goes to show you like how much hype there is behind what he's going to do while he's away and the anticipation for when he does come back. And, I mean, with his size he very well could be that guy that takes the mantle from Kushida as being like the crown jewel of the junior division when he comes back right
0: I mean that could be a great opportunity to uh, move Kushida to heavyweight and let Kawato run with the junior division
1: yeah so I mean we're very excited Um, you know I am going to be you know I'm a little disappointed it's bittersweet because we're not going to be able to get to see Kawato quite as often but when he does come back I'm sure we're going to see him you know really showcase New Japan and I'm excited for that for sure yeah
0: all right, so let's talk about uh, Long Beach, Josh. Uh, so New Japan is coming back to Long Beach. we mentioned this March 25th at the Long Beach um, at the Walter Pyramid. Um, tickets went on sale today and sold out in 20 minutes so we we're not going then huh get, yeah I guess not
1: <laughs> unless we want to buy those tickets on crazy markup like, yeah I'm sure I don't even know you think like the, the people that are buying them out that quick you think that they're fans who are going for sure or you think it's like I would say ticket
0: scalpers I would say majority are probably fans who are going and then I'm sure there's going to be ticket scalpers in there um, I need to follow up I have a buddy that lives in California shout out Cam Evans um I didn't know Cam lived in... Yeah, yeah, he lives in uh, California now. Uh, we went to college together, but he's out there in California. He goes to PWG all the time. Huh. Um And I knew that he was looking to get these tickets, so I need to follow up with him see if he got the tickets. Uh, maybe he can be our correspondent uh, for that show. Hmm. And uh, something uh, interesting about um, the Strong Style Evolved show here, it's not going to be airing live on New Japan World if you are from the U.S.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: Yeah, it will air live in Japan and Canada and the rest of the world, so... That seems like it's going to... That means it's going to air live on Access TV again like it did last year when they were in Long Beach.
1: Well, they talked about that. Mark Cuban did where he said that they were paying to do more live shows and that sort of thing. So, I'm assuming at this point that that
0: that must be... This must be what he must have been talking about. Right. And so, I mean, the show will be available for U.S. subscribers after it's aired live. Um, But... Um, stay stay tuned. They haven't given all the details for that yet. I mean,
1: I think that's somewhat exciting for the you know um, that they're going to air this show live on Access is a really big deal. Again, um, I know I got to see the show live last time on Access. Uh, I think I might have watched it with Rich actually. I can't remember, but yeah, I watched it on Access, which is really cool. But then now I'm in a position where I don't have access right now, so that does kind of li- maybe limit how many people can watch it.
0: Right, and especially after uh, Wrestle Kingdom, we've had this surge of new New Japan World subscribers. you think this would be another great show for all those new subscribers to check out.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we're going to go over the numbers here in a little bit, but if
0: anything...